Revolution from your bed. Welcome back to our second part with Karina Karen talking about trauma-informed coaching, the power of seeking help, and the strengths we have within. Enjoy. Welcome back. <laughs> so I'm here with the amazing Karina again. And last conversation, I was completely mind-blown and it took me a while to get kind of my... my RPM down after this call and it made me think a lot and thanks to you Karina it really led me to a very deep reflective process about my myself and I will share something here I've launched a book recently I've talked about it several times here and um, I think that in my writing process I was holding back because it triggered so mm-hmm. much trauma and uh, the call with you and several other events like a tiny rafting accident uh, a week ago <laughs> caused me to reflect and think and I'm actually going to reopen the book and delve deeper into the places I was afraid to confront so thank you so much Karina for this you are so welcome inspiration. yeah you're welcome I didn't know that was happening but you're very welcome <laughs> I can't wait to read now I want to hear this the, the next version the deepened oh. version of Oh yeah, the, the first version is, I think it's lovely, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to go deeper into, my team calls it an inspirational part, but my, my own story and yeah. my own dealings with my, my chronic illness and my trauma and my, my past. And I'm going to take the entire part, which is the patient guide, because the book is also a guide for patients, for self-management, and I'm going to give it the right respect and and frame it as its own book. So it, it's a ve- it was one of the hardest decisions of my life, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but it's just like starting coaching right you have to be yeah. committed to to a process I want to pick up on our last conversation and talk to you about your profession because you've been through so much professionally yeah. also and yeah. you chose to be a coach which is the maybe most unstable profession you can choose after going coming from a fortune 500 mm-hmm. company right you have to start your own business to do your own marketing and so on so can you tell me a bit more about why did you choose and and how were the kind of the practices around starting your own business yeah no definitely so I went from being made redundant okay to making a decision that this is what I was going to do when you're in a, a, a job position and you you know you're 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 being paid like payee and you There's the regular income so you never don't need to worry about the money but there's an element of dissatisfaction and there's an element of not being treated in the way that you should and your value being undermined constantly now I was successful okay however sometimes if the management that you're under or the people that you're under, There's two parts of it. There's them and there's you. If they don't understand you, the individual, the worker, the leader, the manager, however you phrase it, re- despite what you're telling them, this is what I need. This is what this, this is what's happening. When I'm unwell, this is the reason why. If it's just, if they're just doing what, okay, fair enough, every operation would do, send you to, you know, to speak to a doctor within, within the company and, send you for CBT or something like that but if you do that with an individual that's working and giving a hundred percent to the company and they come out of that or they're going through that process but then you're not you're not being part of that process you're being a manager a leader of them and that's it but they're not taking what you're doing consciously there's a mismatch so you because you're doing all the stuff for yourself and 
when as soon as you step into the role and you log in at 7.30 and you give 100%, when your, when your figures or your performance isn't where they want it to be, for whatever reason, but they don't look at as to why it's probably like that. It just turns into performance reasoning. I have always had an issue with that. Not an issue in the sense of like, I, I rebel against it. I just think to myself, if only I had the support that I needed in the way that I needed it, the types of conversations that were compassionate, then it would have been different. The me side comes into it is the expression side, being able to express it. Now, when you have high trauma, you can't necessarily express this is how I'm feeling. This is what's happening. You know, I haven't turned my Zoom camera on because I'm feeling so stressed and so overwhelmed. I can't actually look into the camera. So I thought to myself with the backing of my partner, my brother, what is it I really want to do? Now, I knew my passion and how good I am at coaching. Okay, that was performance coaching to do with sales and performance and individuals, coaching to empathy, coaching to performance, being able to, you know, coach people in the moment while they're in the middle of calls because it was like frontline servicing on the phone. I was able to get into the calls, get into the the training with with that person and really guide them through the conversations. Yeah. And I thought to myself, that's very powerful. The skill I had was very powerful, but still it wasn't seen. I wasn't part of a group, you know, everything was quite clicky. I, I didn't belong to a group of, you know, other leaders. I, di- I just didn't fit into any one of those because I just needed to be myself. So the decision to be a coach was a very easy decision once I knew I had the backing of the people that love me. And that's what pr- I went into it. But I went into it fully immersed I made made sure that I was fully in the process. I joined up to a specific community, which I researched 100% because I wanted to, I already had qualifications, which I've done myself with my own back because I wanted to be better as a leader. But I wanted to raise the level of not only the qualifications, but being able to coach back to people using that intellect that I had. The only way I could do that was getting constant feedback from other people. So I made that decision. So I was guided with this particular company. I was guided as to how to set up a business. Now I had to invest in myself. So the money that came back to me from redundancy went back into me <laughs> for the business. Yeah, that's what I done. I chose because I always believe that money comes, money goes. You need to circulate money for it to come back to you. The more we hold on to it, we'll find that it tends to be a focus. But if you keep the focus on you, I, you I've got a higher potential and keep the focus on that and and do the right thing with the money, we can use it in a way with the laws of attraction and laws of the way the universe works in a way that makes it successful, even if that success takes time. Because every, it's like one person at a time, one payment at a time is changing lives. That's why I looked at it. I didn't think, I've got to do all of this. I just thought, I just need to help one person. <laughs> That's all I thought of. And I still think like that. If I just help one person, it's enough. And every time one person comes, it's enough. So once I knew how to create a business, so I've done something which was called like how to launch a business, I had the infrastructure and the knowledge how to create the infrastructure to make the business happen. I've done everything that was said. I followed everything. So I created the website created my logo, created my business design. And at the beginning, I was doing trauma-induced anxiety, which is completely what's needed in the world, but people don't know that's what it's called. So I wasn't being successful. Nothing was coming back. So I thought, okay, I need to re-strategize. And that's when I thought, 
I need to say exactly what I do and just be blunt about it. But if I do this, it means I have to be 100% honest and be authentic. I have to be honest about my story. So I wrote the little book that I wrote. I have to be honest about my background, which was included in that story, and say I have CPDSD. I had to say it out loud. That is what I have. That is what I'm struggling with. And yes, I'm in therapy, but you don't need to finish some therapy to be able to be successful. You do it to support your living, your mental state. So you've got techniques to push you forward. So that's how I created the business. And that's where the the thought of it came from. Oh, this is really interesting because I was struggling myself with kind of not being my true authentic, authentic self in business because I was mm-hmm. a bit too modest, I think. And it was always easy, easier for me to kind of put a blanket above my head saying like entrepreneur. And in Israel, you know, everybody is a startup entrepreneur. So like I'm an entrepreneur first and the story is somewhere as a back engine, but it's like on impulse. Yeah. It's not on work. It was really kind of slow burning. But only when I really connected my own story, which has a lot to do with, with trauma and chronic illness and, and medical abuse, and it was very tough, only then I could shine professionally. And, and what I think is that you picked up on something really interesting there, that we have occasions in our life that we are kind of in this authenticity we have in our professional life. Well, I have this skill or this action that I'm doing that I'm so fulfilled doing. Yeah. Then we have nobody to empower us to take it and do something exactly. about it, right? Exactly. So true. Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, you recognize it about yourself as a mm-hmm. as a let's call it a business coach for for a second, like as a business inside, like intra yeah. intra infrastructure in, inside your company. But most people, and we have a lot of listeners here that wants to be entrepreneurs, they don't make this leap. Do you have any, any kind of advice of how to, when you pick up on this skill or passion zone or passion area, how to, to bring it into life? Absolutely. So you have your goal, okay? You have to have a goal. You have to know where you're going. You don't need to know how to get there. That's one bit of advice. Number two will be we need to think, we need to collectively think in our wish-fulfilled state, Okay. Stay in the state of when you imagine being that person, being that person that you've always wanted to be. You put yourself in that state, and there's ways to do that through meditation. You get yourself to the state where as soon as you open your books or you open your laptop in the morning, you are already that person that is successful, that people are coming in, and you imagine your inbox full. You imagine people calling you because they want to invite you on stage or however or in schools or in business however you're whatever the business is you get that in place now nothing happens you can have as much intention you can be as much I'm so positive I'm in the state okay but you have to take action so in perfect action I know other guests have said that before you have to just go for it because no one actually really knows you personally so it doesn't matter what the audience say but what matters is there'll be feedback then you can change and adapt what's needed so get yourself into the right state start your day where you're in that state like I woke up this morning and I've been working really hard on some stuff and sometimes things doesn't come in flowing and I'll just like my partner's left a message on my board 
here in front of me saying positive thoughts and positive energy will help you fulfill your and then I can answer that the rest of that so I then left her a little post-it saying thank you I love the message yeah so it's little things like that because you need you do need we need to be backed but when you're doing online business entrepreneur and you're doing it from yourself in your own like in my own room there is no one else around you yeah there's no one else around you you're just left with your thoughts but as soon as your thoughts start just pull them back like me like today as soon as my thoughts started going I looked at the message that she left me I'm like yeah that's so true get focused go back as soon as my brain went away again focus get back to it and that's what I do I just have I have loads of little messages around my room basically positive messaging now I took them down because we're recording but but yeah I've got like messages all around that there's just stuff on cards for example and I just have myself surrounded and I said that you know I believe in God I've got the little image however you say of God there I've got like my brother that's no longer in the world there next to me so I've got like I'm surrounded you bring people in therapy they say bring people in when you're in certain states and you're not okay bring people in that you know would always support you they don't need to be living so that's what I've done I have God in my room I have my brother in my room I've got a message from my partner it's like what else do I need I don't need anything else you know so if there's no people physically around me I create that energy. So those are lots of little tips. The main thing is staying in the wish fulfilled state as much as you can. Learn how to do that. Number two, go for it. Take imperfect action. Imperfect action simply means you take an action and it's not perfect. It doesn't matter the outcome. You just go for it. Yeah. That could be something as small as I'm going to start a business in coaching. What's your thoughts? Who's in? Yes or no? You just make it. Just see. See what people say. And there's going to be it doesn't matter what the outcome is. What's important is people are engaged. They're answering your message. And that's very powerful. It means people are looking and people are listening. You can see how many views and how many likes and how many comments. Yeah. Then you start having data and you just think, you know, in companies, that's what they use analytics from customers. So they know where to go. You suddenly have your analytics, you know? So that's, that's just, yeah. An example, a little example of what you can do and how to do it. No, this is brilliant, as you say, in the UK, and, and I, I take some things from this. First of all, you can create your support system around you physically, because I'm talking about it a bit in my book, that the actual healing environment is super critical, but also for entrepreneurs, the, the, the environment you're surrounding with, and if you can see, I have uh, Vienna and Tel Aviv behind me. I know. <laughs> I have New York and Mars that you cannot see. And I have a lot of little things that remind me who I am and people that I love and, and inspiration. And when I was sick, I was kind of missing this. And it took me, because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be in this bed. And I said, no, I'm not going to make it homey because it's temporary. Mm-hmm. But temporary yes. becomes kind Good of one. constant. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, so I think it's super important. The second thing is that I think that the, the, the difference between a div- dreamer and an entrepreneur is actually this little step that you make. Because I know a lot of people with amazing ideas. And, yes. and they never do something about it. And every time somebody comes to me with a startup idea and say, wow, I'm so afraid somebody will steal it. I always tell them what the first investors that I ever met told me, that the, the distance between actually hearing your idea and doing something about it is like walking to the moon, kind of. Yeah. But I think it's <laughs> yeah. super important to, to just make a step. And another thing that super resonated with me is that the fact that the feedback is so important. And even one step yes. before analytics, you know, I wrote a book. It took us, me and my, my edit, edit, editor and editing team, more mm-hmm. than a year and a half. But I wasn't feeling so sure about it. 
mm-hmm. and we had eight beta readers. The comments were great, but apparently when beta readers also know you personally, they don't want to, to hurt you. And yeah. now when yeah. comments are starting to come, everybody says, you know, amazing. Amazing is not a good word. You cannot learn <laughs> anything by amazing. I want to hear that this is not good enough. I want to hear yeah. the two stars on Amazon, the three stars. Why didn't yeah. you like? And people didn't think it was focused enough because it was talking about a lot of things in one book. But unless I, I get this feedback, I cannot move Actually. on with this venture, right? So I think it's, it requires bravery to be open Definitely, to criticism. Yeah. And I was going to say, Roy, do you know what I was going to say there? It's, it's incredible because you, you went from the, the state that you was in because of the health reasons to you wrote a book. Okay, and we've leaped forward to like we need you know the 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 feedback and so forth because that's what we needed to go more to go forward. But when we started the conversation, you specifically said, you know what? After having that conversation like that we had, you recognise actually you need to go a bit deeper, which is really interesting because you just also said that people were saying it's not focused enough. So you've just you've just touched on exactly what the audience have said. So therefore, they know there's more, and the only way way we get focused enough is identify those core areas or the touchstone areas that actually need to go in depth because they're pulling the audience you know more forward to what pulling the or the audience towards you because the audience want to know more because they're in the same position as you so we can take action but podcasts like this is brilliant because we tell you how to take action okay so when we say take a step go for it If in your mind, your dream is, I want to write a book, write a book. Do a smaller version of the book that you want to do because you can go into more depth after. Just write and get your stuff out there. You can use certain platforms that can just go through it, the structure and so forth and the editing, and they will get it sorted for you. It's really cheap, really cheap, but you'll have a book out. And how good is it? It's like someone says, oh, what do you do? Just say, do you know what? I've actually just written a book. It's available on, on Amazon. When I started saying, I was like, Oh, wicked. I felt so good. I was like, yes. I've actually got a little book out, you know? So, yeah. And and there is such a such a difference between um, putting something in the world and putting something perfect in the world. Because, you know, my fiancé always tells me, you need to be careful that you will never have a perfect book. And you can go into this loop, because he's also an artist. Like, you can go into this loop and never mm. come out of it. But I say, it's not about having the perfect book. It's about having something out there. It's for me. Mm-hmm. To launch yes. a book, get a nice BN code, put it on Amazon, put it on like Talia and other like European or, or international networks. Great. It's mm-hmm. out there. This was for me. I'm an author now. But yeah. to make it something that will reach millions of people, this is already perfection. This is, this is expertise. This is hard work. But I yeah. really believe that everybody should tell their story in one way or another. And I, and I write yeah. it in my book too, that make a podcast five minutes a week, you know, uh, write a little ebook, do a reflection session, write poetry, what, draw, whatever. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Just put something yeah. out there to Go help you it. reflect yeah. and deal with what you're going for right now. Because we live in this reality, especially if we're struggling that it's very hard for us to, to have this authentic moment of communications. We are surrounded yeah. with social media and stuff that are not serving us always. And, and it leads me to kind of a question that I'm drawing back like a few minutes before that you said something about trauma-induced anxiety. Can you tell us a bit more about it? How to recognize mm-hmm. it? What to do about it? 
So the thing that's a little bit different when you have trauma-induced anxiety is the anxiety when you're in the state of anxiety. So your heart is racing, you're breathing faster, your breaths per minute's faster. You don't feel like you can regulate. You don't feel like you're in control. So people that have anxiety have these symptoms. There's loads of other, but these are some you might start sweating. You might have cold hands or hot hands, and you're just you just don't feel good. Yeah, you feel like something's not right. Something's going to go wrong. You feel like it. it doesn't mean it's going to happen now. When you've got the trauma-induced anxiety, you have the thoughts that go, go through your mind are specific to the traumas and they're reoccurring. And that's when you may have things like flashbacks, intrusive thoughts, like, like for example, you might say something like, why I'm such a, why, why did I do that? Straight away, if you've got trauma-induced anxiety, you saying those words because you're hearing the words that were said to you. So it's specific to the trauma that happened, or it could be an impact more like PTSD, for example, not all PTSD is impact, but I'm giving an example where on impact, a certain thing happened. And so you hear a loud sound and you suddenly feel anxious, but you don't know why you're feeling anxious. So that's where the trauma induced is induced by the, the anxiety comes from the trauma that's happened. So like yesterday, for example, my, so when you, we turn the shower on, there's noise. You can't really hear if someone's outside the bathroom, but we live together. So we leave the bathroom door open. So but she, my partner came home and she was like, I'm home. And she said it and it made me jump, like really badly jump. And I just felt like I had, a, I felt like I couldn't breathe and I couldn't tell her this is what's happening. I had a massive panic attack in the shower. It wasn't panic, sorry, anxiety attack in the shower. And I just sat in the shower. I was having, having quite a happy shower, actually, letting myself think of all the things I want to do today, yesterday. And then, bam, I wasn't okay. And I knew that was trauma-induced anxiety. I knew it. So I knew, take deep breaths, regulate, everything's fine. And then, because like my eyes would get, like my vision would go a bit blurry when that happens. And then my brain will try, because I've done the EMDR, it, I can't get the images. So my brain tries to bring the images, but nothing comes. And then my brain tries to bring sounds, but it doesn't come because I've sorted it out. <laughs> so I have this kind of, it's almost like a panic feeling, but it goes away really quickly because I know how to manage it. And I got myself out of the shower, just breathed, looked in the mirror, looked at my eyes in the mirrors. You're okay. Everything's fine. You're safe. They're just letting you know you're home, that they're home. The whole point to let me know they're home was so that they didn't evoke trauma-induced anxiety, right? So you just think, well, you know, and I came out the bathroom, came in this room, and I just thought, calm. I just done some calming, calm my, my nervous system. And I just said positive stuff to myself, you know. So that's that's the difference. You have anxiety or trauma-induced anxiety. There's all levels of anxiety, but I'm talking about those two in relation to your question. Thank you. Yeah, it's 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 really resonating with me because I, mm. I have uh, I have certain trigger that really evoke this feeling which are completely strange. I can sit in a complete relaxed atmosphere like drinking mm. with my fiance or friends and and then something will happen, a certain loud noise or yes. uh, mm -hmm. a baby shouting. It for me it's it's a lot about babies or kids shouting because of this particular traumatic event. And then everything is completely thrown back to the scene. So it's, mm -hmm. it's immediate and there is nothing you can do to control it. But my journey will be to, to go through a process that I'm not alarmed by it. But it's, it's incredible that you, you have a set of tools that you use yes. and you can teach others to use it. Because 
I think that any form of anxiety disturbs, like disrupts life, right? Yeah. And sometimes we don't really have the the courage maybe to face to ourselves that we have a problem because we feel shame like some somehow shameful about it like it took me years to just say it out loud that mm -hmm. i think i have some sort of a post-traumatic reaction mm -hmm. how like how can i as a listener right now if i if i think that i, I have anxiety that may be originated by a trauma like what is the next step for me to do mm -hmm. definitely reach out to someone like myself like yourself your gp at that point it doesn't matter who you reach out to because any professional will signpost you to the right person. So you reach out not to create business for someone, you reach out to understand what it is you need. And that's what discovery calls are for. When you have a coach that offers discovery calls, that's what it's for. Because they use that time and they get the information needed. They give you quick, like myself, on people that I know that are coaches, they give you that do this type of work for anxiety, PTSD, and so forth. They give you quick relief techniques so you can calm down so you don't need to work with that person they will you will have something that will calm you they'll definitely calm you down that's number one then they will signpost you so do not stay so the thing that i used to do just stay in my room stay in my room yeah like literally days and days and days i'll just be in my room and because i was working from home i was just in my room all the time my room had absolutely everything i needed I had an ensuite, you know, music, I had a fridge in my head. I made my room so comfortable. But that's good to a certain extent until that becomes your life. And that's what happens when you have trauma-induced anxiety. You don't, you stop talking to people. You know, that's one of the things that happens. So, yeah, I would say you reach out. It doesn't matter who you reach out to. Someone with a professional background that understands this stuff or a friend of yours someone that you trust, you reach out to anyone and say, can you help me find someone to talk to? You just talk to that person. There's so many people that have come to me or on Facebook, I message them. All I want is the best for them. Yeah. I want to know that they reached out. I don't care what happens next. You know, if you want to work for me, that's a separate thing. But if you're not okay and you're having intrusive thoughts and you're feeling anxious and you feel like you don't want to go out and you don't know how to talk to someone, I've got something called a purple heart. Okay, I'll share this with your listeners. Such an incredible thing to do. So the purple heart, which you can do as an emoji, and this started with me and my friends when I was quite suicidal. Okay, my relationship broke down. We lost a pregnancy. And yeah, I just felt like, what's the point? <laughs> I didn't understand where I fit in. But rather than voicing it, I shut myself off from the world, like massively off. And then I created something called Purple Heart because at the same time, my friend became suicidal. And my partner at the time, she sent, she sent a message saying help. And we went to the seafront in Brighton and she was just ready to walk into the sea. Yeah, she was that, it was that bad. So I was in the state, she was in the state. We both didn't know how to, but we tried to get help. The main thing was talking. Then I sat down and said to her, we need to create something if we can't talk to each other. Because when you're that bad, you don't have the vocal. You can't say, I need help. Yeah. So when we create something called a purple heart. So if you send a purple heart to a friend, it means that person is not OK. They're not OK to talk, but they're trying to say, I need help. And they're reaching out. And if you receive a purple heart, it means that you need that 
they need someone to communicate back to them, simple communication back. You can send a, a red heart back, something that's a different color. And it means I've heard your message. You can create the code of yourself. I've heard your message and I'm here for you. That's it. Then you can send voice notes to them if you want. But calling them in that point is probably not the right thing to do because they won't answer because they're in a state. So you need to communicate in a way that works. And you can send a picture, usually saying, I love you. You are heard. You're not alone is enough with a picture of you and them. Yeah. So Purple Heart, I'd say that would be one of the easiest, best ways. I mean, even if we had this, this for like kids and students and anyone in the world, especially with guys, when I say guys, I mean all identities that identify as guys, yeah? Everyone needs to have the ability to say, I'm not okay. That's it, you know? And then we go from there. This is brilliant, Karina. I think this this should be one of these small ideas that virally goes around the globe. Yeah. Because with one emoji, like one character, you created basically a language of care and communication yeah. because I know how it feels like to be like on your edge and you're you're in your darkest moment and you cannot articulate yourself and you're also afraid that if you say something nobody will come to to to, to your aid I think it's brilliant and purple hearts can really maybe save people so I'm super exactly. grateful for you for sharing this with us I think this purple heart method is simply incredible and And to pick up on that, I want to ask you, if somebody is feeling that they're really struggling right now and they want to call for help, they want to ask for help, but they're afraid that they're not going to receive any help from the mm -hmm. other end, is there any technique or tip you can give them? Absolutely. So I'm going to do these with you so you can try them out. Okay. Sure. If you know the mic's going to... You know, it's going to pick up on the mic. Just turn the mic off while, while I do it with you. Sure. So there are a couple of things. First of all, you'll always get support, okay? Someone will respond back. What we do is we send the purple heart. I don't need it so much now, okay? I don't need to use it. But I have friends randomly, sometimes they'll send it. The idea of the purple heart, someone responds, okay? It doesn't matter who you send it to. All your friends, everyone that knows about it, and someone responds. And that's it. So that's the agreement. That's the trust. That's the agreement. So someone will respond. You send a message to me, I will respond. Yeah. Send it to Roll, he will respond. So let me tell you some stuff that you can do. Some really simple stuff that you usually go to therapy for. There's something called tapping. Yeah. EFT and TFT. So you've got the emotional freedom technique and the, the thought, the TFT one is a thought technique. Now, to evoke the state that you need to regulate, which is really good because we've got, I'll explain how it works. We've got our sympathetic system, okay? And we've got something called the vagus nerve. When we're overwhelmed in a state of anxiety, that area becomes overwhelmed. Now, in the first episode, I taught us around the ear area, okay? It does run through, it's your nervous system. All we need to do when we're anxious, it doesn't matter what type of anxiety is to regulate the nervous system, to calm that part down that suddenly become overactive, like a flashing light, a red flashing light. First thing to do, you take three slow, deep breaths in and then out. When you slow your breathing down, you start regulating that part of your nervous system. Number one. 
Number two, you use the EFT, TFT tapping. So you put your hands out and you tap left to right on your lap. You do free breaths first. You do technique number one, free, free breaths. And then breathe out slowly. And as you breathe out, you just imagine yourself calming. This works 100%, okay? It's not, it's not like it may work, it may not. You just need to sit down and trust this process. It calms you down. Three breaths, then you tap left to right very slowly. Try it for the first time and you'll, you'll realize that actually this technique works, okay? If you're in a conversation with someone, they start arguing with you, you tap slowly on your leg, on your leg left to right. If you're standing up, you still do it left to right. No one's really going to notice. And you do it slowly. You don't do it fast because if you do it fast, it evokes the vagus nerve and it makes the vagus nerve become inflamed So or go faster. So we want to slow it down. The other thing to do is, so you're tapping slowly, look around your room and just choose a color. I always say blue because it's a calming color. Look around your room while you're tapping slowly. You're breathing, you're tapping slowly left to right. So tap, tap, breathing. And then you look around. What in your room is blue? I can see my board is blue. My desk is blue. actually everything in my room is blue. <laughs> my chair is blue. You, you look at each thing. My whiteboard is blue. Should be white, but it's blue. There's writing on it. I've done that writing yesterday and you make it become very present. You look down my desk. I bought this desk for inspiration. It is inspiring me. My chair. Every time I sit on this chair, I'm creating a miracle of some kind. You, you start boosting yourself up. You can look what in the room is circular, what in your room around you and your surrounding is square, you, anything like that. What's happening there? You're distraction, distracting the brain and you're using a left to right rhythm, which is what we use when we're doing EMDR. So we're engaging both parts of the brain. When you're in the state of anxiety, one part of the brain is more active than the other part of the brain. And what we need is neuromodulation to happen, okay? So if we break that down, we need to modulate the neurology within our bodies, right? Neurobiology, neuroscience. So when you've got the slow rhythm, we get ourselves into the right rhythm. If you think about it, of course it works. When you put a song on that's lively and loud and you're at a party, you're in that zone, right? But if you put a, a song on that's calm, one a soppy song that'll probably make you cry, but if it's calm and slow, you're in a different state, right? So they're the free techniques straight away that will calm you down. It takes time for you to practice to be able to stick to the technique. Take your time. Give yourself in the next week, just say, anytime this comes up, and it used to happen with me in the evening at nighttime when I'm on, on my own in bed, that's when it used to come really bad, my anxiety, when I was no one was around me. First thing, breathing. Second thing, tapping. EFT, you're doing it without even learning TFT or EFT. You're, you're doing it as a technique that you can have. And then looking at find a color because we're refocusing. We're changing the brain. We're going from left to right and we've got a rhythm going. And it, it engages both parts of the brain. The part of the brain that's overwhelmed becomes calm because the other part of the brain's working and it can fit together. 
thank you so much for sharing this technique with us. I think it can be super useful. Also, have a preventive medicine measure maybe because absolutely you know, some of our listeners are suffering from chronic illness. They're in beds. And it's very easy mm-hmm. to develop anxiety. It's very easy to, to, to feel very lonely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you practice it five minutes a day or three minutes a day, it might be incredibly helpful. Um, I know that techniques as such really helped me when yeah. I felt like this. Because everybody should have their own, you know, fitting technique. You know, some people go on and write something. Some people need to draw. Some people do deep breath. Yes. breath but for some people, it's not working. But I think yeah. this, this one is super universal, actually. It, it is. I was, I was going to say something there, if you don't mind. So this is a technique for everyone, okay? If if tapping, a tapping sound evokes flashbacks and stuff like that, you don't do tapping. You can just look from left to right really slowly, just look from left to right, and just allow yourself to come. Because you're engaged. if you engage both parts of the brain, the part of the brain that's causing the, like, the negative neuro pathways we could say maybe that's not the right term but let's just say that to make it easier those pathways they have a different signal going into it so it works okay that's why emdr works it's that's just a technique though not going deep this is a technique to regulate to feel safe can i tell you share another really good technique of course please do the other technique everyone's probably heard about or if you haven't it's called the body scan i give this to absolutely anyone and everyone that i engage with they don't have to be a client of mine yeah this massively helps you okay and you can use some people believe in god some people believe in the universe some people believe in energy there's always something you believe in okay there's going to be something you might just believe in yourself when I work with people that believe in God or energy, I evoke a light. So when you wake up in the morning, you can do this. Such a great thing to start off with. And when I was going through my illness so badly, and I didn't know how to, I was thinking, how am I even going to get up? This is what I used to do. <clears throat> and did it help me get up? No. What it helps you do is be in a state where you now feel like you can get up. Okay. doesn't make you get up. You make you get up. <laughs> But it, it makes you feel like the stress is gone and I can do this. That's what it makes you do. It's putting you in the right state of mind. So while you're lying down, you can do it in any position. You lie down, close, ideally close your eyes and do the free breaths to regulate. And then you imagine a light. And the light can be any color, but it needs to be a warming color. It can be a sunlight color, a light that you would associate with God or the universal energy. Or it could be a blue or a purple. So you want safety colors, okay? And you allow the light to come in through your head. This is a safe light. Your eyes are closed. Everything's done slowly. And as it comes through, it starts through your head, goes to your forehead, to the back of your eyes, back of your ears, your ears, your throat. You stay around that area and you just say to yourself, is there anything here that needs to be looked at? Do I have any tension? And you allow the light to look around. That's you looking internally. And if if the answer, the light says yes, or because you're saying yes, I feel pressure behind my eyes. You imagine the light healing behind your eyes. You imagine the light taking, absorbing all of that energy that's not serving a purpose for you. Imagine it being soaked into the light and it goes back up into the universe because energy can't be destroyed. And can't be created it has to be circulated 
So we let it go back up into the universe and the light comes back in, slowly goes down. Now you're down to your neck, your shoulders. Is there anything in this area that's causing me discomfort? No. It goes down into your chest, your heart. Usually there's tension in that chest area. Yes, I've got tension in my heart. How does it feel? It feels uncomfortable. What color is it? It feels dark. It feels misty. It feels, okay. Do you want that gone? Yes. Okay. Thank you, blackness, for causing, <laughs> for serving your purpose. That anxiety, it's okay. You can go. You don't need to be there. I don't need to feel uncomfortable. I'm letting this light in so that you can come and go. You're constantly engaging with yourself because that's called self-love. <laughs> People don't realize it. Okay, sometimes you can touch yourself like this, put your hands on your face, you, you become present, it's self-love, or you can do it through a light and you make your way all the way down through your body. When I had the Crohn's really bad, it was not only my bowel, but my back passage area, very, very, very painful. And it was awful. And I was like, I wake up knowing I have to go to work and in between work have free visits to go to the hospital to get my dressing changed because I didn't know how to do it. I couldn't see the area. This helped calm me down massively it enabled me to be in a state of calm because by the time you get to the bottom of your feet you do every part of your body you then breathe the light back in you make it circulate you make sure you're okay this takes about five six minutes not a long process you then get up but you can't look at something distracting you can't look at your phone or something like that you get up and you go in your shower from that that moment of energy where the, where the release has happened of the pain you go and you have your show, you do the action you need to take to then, that then allows you to leapfrog to the next part of your day, okay? So that was the other technique. That's a good four techniques there that definitely, definitely helps calm the nervous system. Thank you so much for sharing this. Do you recommend listening to certain music or white noise or brown noise or anything like this while doing this? Yeah, so everyone's got their own thing. So I've got a particular person that I listen to who's on the on the internet. The reason why I listen to him, so everyone likes different things. Like I don't like sounds that are whisperers, whispering. It, it makes me feel uncomfortable. So you need to know the sounds that you're okay with. So we're, I'm thinking about trauma here, okay? You need to know and, and kind of, you know, illnesses, that chronic illnesses and stuff. There's going to be some things that might evoke yeah. trauma, traumatize you. So you need to know what sounds you like. So with me, I like I like sounds that there's certain wavelengths that takes me to the higher. It's usually meditative sounds takes me to a higher consciousness because I can shift to that quite easily. That's the state that you're in before you go to sleep, basically. So that particular person will listen to. So if you type in sleep hypnosis for sleep, hypnosis for anxiety, you're not being hypnotized, by the way. It's a meditative state. Yeah, yeah? you're just in a meditative state. And it enables you, it evokes sleep. It might take time. It took me quite a while, like at least a month or so to, to get used to someone else relaxing me. Like, cause it was like, I was like, I'm doing this myself. Yeah. yeah for my whole life. And I realized it's not working. So I'd say find someone that you like. Some people like religious music. Some people like the sound of the sea. I don't like the sound of the sea because I live by the sea. For some reason, it feels like I'm just by the sea all the time. <laughs> so everyone's got their own sounds, yeah? But there's certain waves. I can't remember the, the waves for the different uh, beta, theta waves and so forth. But you kind of want to be in that theta kind of state where you're shifting into that state. And it's like you're, you're kind of awake, but you're in the REM state. You're evoking yeah. that state, which is what I do with clients. I evoke that state to install the thing that's needed that they can shift to a safe space 
anytime they want yeah so that's 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 kind of where you go to shall i say the name of the person i'll listen to yes please yeah i think he's brilliant absolutely brilliant and he inspired me to do my own meditative talk downs for my own clients his name is jason stevenson and yeah just check out his work online so many videos and he's just really good you know you can do meet my higher meet my higher self there's so much stuff yeah meet my guardian angel doesn't mean you need to believe in angels this is about helping you go somewhere else in your mind yeah so don't take the words and think oh that's religious no it's not it's just evoking a different state i've gone on so many journeys with this guy <laughs> with him evoking all these states i love it i just think oh where can i go to tonight you know <laughs> it's like thank you for a little journey in my mind yeah <laughs> you know it's, it's funny because people are going and doing yoga and then doing mantras in the end and they don't understand that for people in india this is super religious and, and sacred yeah. And we commercialize it so much that, but if we tell people to listen to any religious connotation, they would, no, 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 I don't want any oh, religious. Yeah, yeah. But, so, so this is a bit funny, but it doesn't really matter. Like I, I also like guided meditations of all sorts and I can be connected to different cultural influences there. Mm -hmm. It really depends what, what good for you. Some people like, you know, certain noises like white mm -hmm. noises that relaxes them and can help. Some people need the voice. I have a I have a friend who is a coach and he custom made recording specific meditations for his clients because he believes that the personal touch is helping. So whatever yes. whatever not flip your boat like what happened to me last week. I was going to oh yeah, don't <laughs> flip your boat. Don't do what Roy done. But I was going to say that's really good cuz when you're working with someone, your voice becomes their calm. Yeah. Becomes their safety. Yeah. So like my therapist voice, as soon as I go to that, that therapist, I could be so distressed for the whole day because I'm distressed in my own mind. Nothing else is going wrong. Then I go to go to him and it's like, I feel fine. I'm like, I'm, I'm okay now. I wasn't okay like two minutes ago, yeah. but I was going to say for your listeners, you can put this together. I'm very happy to do like a one-off meditation thing with them. If you arrange it with them, yeah, oh, thank you very so happy much. to do that with you, you there so as well. I want you to experience <laughs> it. It'll just be like whatever, however you want to do it. But I'm very happy to do that. That sounds online. amazing. And and <laughs> I will of course link your website when we are ending our our conversation for today soon. And I, I really recommend you guys to check out Karina's work. She's she's doing incredible things and. You know, we're bombarded with people who try to help. Like we have overflow yeah. of, of good intentions, but it's really That's important good. to mm -hmm. like avoid hacks and, and people who tell you I can replace therapists, doctors or, or so on. So this is yeah. the first warning sign. The second is yeah. nobody can kind of, you know, decide for you what's good for you Absolutely. in terms mm -hmm. of methodology and so on, because there's so many, like I know people who are hate, like they hate to be touched. And for me, I've been to an osteopath this week and it was completely a sacred moment of healing. Just her gentle mm -hmm. touch, even though it was so hurting because I had a, I, I yeah. had a little injury. So it's really dependent of, of what you need and want. And I really, really, really recommend to, to check out Karina's work. Karina, I, I think that we will end in this note. Uh, we can go on forever, you know. We can have 10 episodes yeah. just with you. I think it's very important that you will have critical thinking enough to, to know how to choose your therapist or aid. It's really, we are completely bombarded with, with options. And sometimes it's also causing decision fatigues. And I, I know from fact that people DM me or email me and tell me, 
there's so many things I can do. There's so many apps for mindfulness and I don't know how to get well, you know, as a chronically ill patient yeah. or somebody who needs inspiration. Mm-hmm. And this is why I started the patient school, by the way, because I wanted one validated place that it's medically and psychologically validated that if you are a patient that want to deal with your chronic illness and, and move to the next step of, of, of managing <clears throat> it, you'll have a place that you can trust. And yes. I... I can't even start to praise and recommend your work and Karina has a podcast Karina has a, a book I will link her website like I've mentioned before I really recommend you guys to to follow her on social media she's doing incredible stuff and thank you for much for this invitation and I, I will pick up on this invitation yeah. and we can do something together with with the yes, listeners or definitely. the followers in general because you know I have a lot of followers on other social media outlets Karina it's been incredible to yet again to to have you on board i really thank you for for sharing such valuable tips and and techniques with us and everything you said here is part of your practice and more of that you have in in your book and in your podcast in your other outlets and i wish you to really fulfill your full potential which i don't think it's even 10% yet with all your greatness <laughs> as a giant as you yes. said, and and to be truly happy and empowered and i really not only hope i'm sure that we will cross paths again in the future oh definitely i'll thank you and and your listeners as well i'll i'll just like to end that we do have infinite potential we're human beings we're the only people on this planet that have that so doesn't matter the illness the illness matters okay but don't please don't feel that your life's restricted fully there's always a different option or a way to get from a to b you just need to know how maybe don't use a kayak like Roy but there's always <laughs> a way okay there's always a way and we're both here to support that way and the work that you're doing way I mean I'm quite new to seeing the work you're doing very proud of you very proud and I thank you so much for this opportunity thank Thank you so much, Karina. What a wonderful way to end this, this two-part podcast episode. We have another episode that is already out there with Karina. And I wish you all the best and see you guys in the next week. <laughs> Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.